Hey guys, Pastor Bear here. Welcome to the podcast for Real Church. We meet every Sunday at 11.15 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sherpsburg. You can also check us out online at www.realchurchcoweta.com or jump on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. I hope you enjoy this week's message. Guys, we have uh, we have started a series, and we're actually this is week eight, if you can believe that, on a series, and the series is called Begin Again. All right, it's called Begin Again, and the series is taking us through the rebuilding of the temple, and then we're going to go into Nehemiah and watch them rebuild the wall. All right, is everybody waiting for the squeal? You're good. It's not going to happen. I promise you. Right. Right back there, right? Yes, he said he didn't know. Uh, but anyway, so we've, well, we've walked through this series, and what we've done is we've seen the process to begin again. What exactly am I talking about when I say begin again? Here's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about taking something that you know that God has called you to do, taking something that you know is something God has in store for you. Maybe it's something that you've struggled with your whole life. Maybe it's a secret sin that you've struggled with for your whole life. Maybe it's something that you tried one time and you failed, but you know that in, deep in your heart it's a place of failure and you want to correct that and make that a, a place of victory. And so that's exactly the situation uh, with the text that we've been going through. Uh, the Israelites had uh, sinned against God to the point where God allowed them to be taken over and taken into captivity in Babylon for about 70 years. They went to Babylon, and soon, uh, because of a prophecy that was given, uh, and God had actually handpicked the king, King Cyrus, who would allow them to go back, and that's exactly what happened. Not all of them went back, just a portion of them went back. And when they went back, they began the process of building, of building the temple. Now, as you know and I know, the building of the temple didn't necessarily go as planned. How many of you guys have ever started a building project? You ever started a building project? I have. How many of you guys have ever gotten in the middle of a building project and started looking on YouTube? I have. How many of you guys couldn't finish it and had to call your friend that knew what the heck he was doing? I have. Actually, that is every aspect of my life, exception of the Bible, all right? Uh, I tell people often, listen, I don't know anything about building and I don't know anything about cars. I can help you with scripture. So if you want me to pray over your work here as you do it, I can do that. Or I can, I can help you understand. If you have a question, I'll ask you a question about the car. You ask me a question about the scripture, and we'll have a conversation here. Uh, and I will turn the key, and, or I can hold the brake or something. All right, but I'm pretty much maxed out at that. Or, and I can run get stuff, but that's pretty much it. Well, the, uh, that's, kind of, that's kind of how it was. In the middle of the process, all of a sudden, they started getting all of these things coming against them. And one of the things I told you, and I don't ever want you to forget this, is that oftentimes... When you're trying to do something that is fantastic, that's great, when, especially when you're trying to do something that God wants you to do, but the enemy doesn't want you to do, when you're trying to do those things, you are going to get things that come against you. I told you this. You guys ever tried to get out of debt? You ever had that situation? If you've ever tried to get out of debt, the first thing that happens is your transmission blows up. That's the first thing that happens. Or, you're, or you get, a, you get a, a, a leaky faucet or or the, or the toilet overflows, and you have to call Brian Morley. Who wants to call Brian Morley, man? Who's got that kind of money, right? If you need, if you, but if you do need, uh, if you do need help with your plumbing needs, Brian is available for you. And AC apparently now. I didn't know that, but that's good. 
Um, but, uh, but no, seriously, and so that's what happens. They had things come against them. And guess what they did? They did what a lot of us do. What they did is they quit. They quit. They simply quit. They said, threw up their hands, and they quit. And it stayed there kind of dormant for a long time. It stayed dormant for a long time until finally, guess what happened? Some spiritual cheerleaders came around. Some prophets came around. Some preachers came around, right? And they began to say, listen, why have you quit? What is going on here? You guys are too busy taking care of your own house, and no one's taking care of God's house. You guys are hanging up pictures and putting rugs down and running the, you know, putting up the nice little lights and you got the pictures on the wall and you guys are making the tables and you're doing everything for, you're doing everything for your own home, but you're not doing anything for God's home. It's time to start again. It's time for you to build again. But when they started trying to build again, what happened was they had people come against them again. And this time, as we all know, when they came against them, Something different happened. They petitioned King Darius. King Darius sent back and said, hey, listen, I've looked up where King Cyrus allowed this to happen. Not only are you to leave these people alone and let them do their work, not only are you supposed to do that, but I want you to help them build this temple. And not only that, I want you to help them build it. I want you to leave them alone. I want you to pay for it not going to cost them a penny. And I want you to pay for it. And so that brought us to a new segment. So the temple was built, they worshiped God, and that brought us to a new segment of the story. And last week, we looked at this segment of the story, where Ezra, the man who was writing the story, is presented. The temple had been built now for around 58 years. A whole generation had passed, and Ezra has come on the scene to see how things are going with the people that had come back out of captivity. And last week, I told you this, that the scripture defined Ezra as this. It says he was someone who had the favor of God. God's hand was on him, is what it said. And do you guys remember why it was on him? I challenge you to do these three things last week, all right? He learned the scripture, he learned it, all right? He lived it, so he didn't just read what the scripture says, he actually walked it out, and he taught it, or he shared it with other people. And that is the challenge that we have as followers. We are to learn the scripture, we are to live the scripture, and we are to teach the scripture for those parents that starts in your home. And so today, what I want to look at is something a little different because we came to a part of the story that we're going to pivot. And before we pivot, I want you to see something about three men that we've already looked at, and Nehemiah will be the fourth in this. Those three men had something in common. Those three men had something very similar in common, and we're going to look at that today. Let's look at Matthew. I'm going to go back on stage now. Let's look at Matthew. You may be saying, wait a minute, we've been in the Old Testament. Yeah, I know. But the book of Matthew, chapter 5, is where we're going to be at today. It's a scripture that a lot of you guys know. Matthew, chapter 5, is where we're going to be at today. We're going to see, we're going to see what these people had in common. Matthew, chapter 5, starting in verse 13. 
and it should be on the wall behind me. It says this. It says, let me find it here. It says, you are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it's lost its flavor? Can you make, salt, can you make something salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house in the same way. Let your good deeds shine out for all those to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Zerubbabel was the construction guy. Yeshua, he was, he was the spiritual leader there. And Ezra was the third that we're going to look at. What did they have in common? Well, let me tell you what they had in common. What they had in common is they allowed God to use them in powerful ways, all right? They allowed God to use them in powerful ways. Three things that they had, though, all together. And I want you, I want you to listen to these questions that I have for you today. Here are the questions. The first question is this. This is a question that those three men had to answer, and we're going to see Nehemiah answer that same question. The question is this. Do I trust God? That's the first question. That's the question that, that, that Zerubbabel and Joshua had to answer. That's the question that Ezra had to answer. Remember, guys, we're not talking about a day trip here, all right? They didn't get on horses and take off, all right? This was a four-month, it was a four-month trip. Four-month trip that it took them. I'm going to tell you something. In order to do this, they had to trust God. And the question I have for you today is, do you trust God? You know, one of the main reasons that people don't get out of their comfort zone today, one of the main reasons that people don't do greater things for God, one of the main reasons that most people, I'm going to tell you this, this is a sad point, most people, most people when they pass away, most people never have fulfilled the calling that God has brought them to. Most people fall way, way short and the reason they fall way, way short is because they do not, they do not trust God enough to step out on faith and do what he's asking them to do. They don't trust God necessarily with their life. They don't trust God necessarily with their health. They don't trust God necessarily with their finances. You know, we live in a me-centered society. I don't know if you guys have figured that out. Let me tell you a story. And I'm not knocking this church. I love the church that I went to. But I went to this church when I was thinking about planting a church. I went to this one church, and, um, and it was interesting. Uh, I knew that I could never do this kind of church because this is, and I know you guys aren't going to believe this, but this is exactly what happened. Um, I was asked to come down. They were doing a revival, and I was asked to come down. He was going to actually bring me on stage and pray over our new plant, our new church plant. We were just trying to learn how to do what and do this and do that. And so we actually... He asked us to, to pray over our church plan. And so I was there, and I walked in, and they were like, oh, you must be Mr. Williams. And I was like, okay, yes, I'm Mr. Williams. Uh, uh, and so they actually walked me all the way down to the front row. And so I'm in the front row of this church, and uh, I am thinking, oh, okay, well, this is kind of cool. You know, I'm put down on the front row. And so 
the worship band comes out, and it's, it's, it's very uh, uh, rock and roll Jesus-y, is what I call it. Um, and, and they start doing these, like, they're really good, by the way, but they start doing this worship. And the pastor and the youth pastor and three or four people around me, they took out their cell phones, and they started, like, videoing themselves. I've later learned that they were on Snapchat, by the way. But they started videoing themselves, like, you know, showing the band. And I guess that's fine. But I kind of was freaked out a little bit. And I was like, this is only like two years ago. And I'm like, okay. And I kind of looked back, and a lot of people were doing this. They had their cell phones out. And the camera wasn't really pointed toward the stage. It was pointed toward themselves. And they were taking pictures of themselves while they were at the service. Apparently, that was what was going on. And I was like, wow, that's interesting. I may be too old for this stuff, but I didn't get that. I was like, wow, that's kind of me-centered. That has nothing to do with Jesus. Man, I wonder if Jesus would take a selfie in worship. Maybe he would, I don't know. And maybe they did it one time, but it was like they had the phone way up here like... And even the preacher, even the pastor was doing it. You know, he was young and tri- hippie and cool, and he had skinny jeans. And so I wear huskies, sorry. But uh, nothing's funny about that, by the way. But no, seriously, I was kind of blown away. Fast forward, I'm sitting in Chick-fil-A on Wednesday. If you go to Chick-fil-A at Thomas Crossroads on Wednesday, you have two options. You have the option of sitting over there by the play area or you can leave because there will be a group of homeschool children and a group of, of senior adults that get there at about 6 a.m. They get there at 6 a.m. and they literally camp out and, and on the back side of Chick-fil-A because they do bingo at 9.30. So I was sitting there. I'm going to meet with Lynn for just about an hour. And we were sitting there and I was sitting in the booth trying to study a little bit before Lynn got there. And I looked over. And these kids were pointing a camera at me. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. They're, they're, they're pointing a camera because I'm doing the Bible. That's kind of weird, but it's kind of cool. And I wonder how my hair looks. I didn't think that. Um, and I was like, that's kind of neat. And, they, but, and then another one did it. Like, and then it occurred to me, they're not pointing to me at all. They're pointing to themselves. It's all about them. And they were taking photos of themselves constantly. And that's the society we live in today. It is. That's the society we live in today. And it's interesting to me because we could make fun of our children or that pastor or whatever for doing that. But the truth of the matter is is that we do the same thing. We do the same thing with our worries. We always focus inward. We always focus inward. We, with our lives, we always focus inward. We're always concerned about it. Even though Christ says that for us to gain our life, we have to lose it. We gain our life when we lose it. We gain our life when we give it over to him and trust him enough and say, you know what, whatever plan you have for me is what I will do. The truth of the matter is, is that most of us here and in society do not trust God. Most of us do not trust God. We don't trust God with our money. We don't trust God with our jobs. We think that if we lose this job, it'll be the only one that we've ever had. Can I tell you something? That's a lie. That's a lie because I can tell you this. I've left jobs without jobs, and God took care of me. I've eaten just fine, all right? Hadn't missed a meal. 
hadn't missed a payment, hadn't missed anything. And I can tell you that if you will trust God with your whole heart, and if you will trust God with everything, if you will 100% lay before him and lay everything out, I promise you he's a God that can be trusted. Now, your life may not end up like you want it to be, but I'll guarantee you that if you trust him fully with your whole heart, it will end up exactly the way he wanted it to be, and you won't, you won't go, you won't go, you won't go to your grave having regrets for what God had for you, and you never, ever got it. You never, ever got it. The scripture in 1 Peter uh, chapter 5 says for us to cast all our cares. Because why? Because God cares about us. That's what it says. He cares about us is what it says in 1 Peter 5, 7. In Deuteronomy 31, 6, it says this over. It says, listen, the Lord said to Moses, you're about to die and, and join your ancestors. After you're gone, these people will begin to worship foreign gods, the gods. And he starts telling them all of these things that are going to happen. He starts telling them all these things. But he says this, and this goes right into the book of Joshua too. He says, don't be afraid. I want you to hear this. Don't be afraid. And then when you open up the book of Joshua, and we don't have that up there, but when you open up the book of Joshua, he serves, and you, heard, you guys heard this, be strong and courageous for the God's gonna give you the land. Be strong and courageous even though it's the flood season and the waters are rising. Be strong and courageous because God's gonna go before you. And he says it over and over and over again in, in Joshua chapter one. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. And that's the word that I would give you today. Yeshua, Zerubbabel, and Ezra, and soon Nehemiah will see are strong and courageous. Why can they be strong and courageous? Because they trust God. And the question I have for you is, do you trust God? Do you trust God? The second one is this. Who are you influencing? Who are you influencing? These people gathered people up, and they took them on a mission. They took them, they walked with them on this mission to, to recreate this, uh, this temple. They recreated this thing. And soon we're going to see them doing the, the wall the same way. But my question to you is, is as you're walking throughout your life, as you're going throughout your life, who is it that you are influencing? Ask yourself the question, who am I influencing right now in my life? Who is it that I'm having a positive impact on? Let me tell you something funny. And you guys are all going to go, yep, that's true. I want you to think right now. Right now, as I say, say this, I want you to think, who influenced you in your life? And I want you to think about that right now. And immediately, you have someone in your head. Immediately, you did. Immediately, you had someone in your head. Do you know why that person influenced you? Because God brought you around that person, and that person loved you enough to pour into you and to help you, and to guide you, and to direct you, and to love you enough, honestly, probably when you, when you weren't lovable, if you don't know the truth about it, and they did that for you. My question for you is, is who are you doing that for? Who is it that you're doing that for? Don't you think that if God brought someone who, to influence you, that he also wants you to influence other people? In the text, in the text, Matthew says that we are salt and we are light. Listen, I was grilling hamburgers the other day, all right? I was grilling these hamburgers, and man, let me tell you something. I can grill. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not bragging, but it's true. I can grill. I'm a good person. I can grill. My dad used to like to drink beer when he grilled, when he would grill a hamburger. 
And so my dad wouldn't grill a hamburger. He would drink beer. Oh, and by the way, the hamburgers are on the grill. That's how he looked at it. And so everything we ever ate from my dad, and I'm glad he, I mean, he, I'm not glad he's dead, but he can't hear this because he would probably knock me in the head. But the truth of the matter is, is that we ate hockey pucks most of the time for dinner. All right? All right? And sometimes we would have this thing called chicken. All right? It wasn't actually chicken. Look, I, I was like 21 years old and ordered uh, some chicken at a restaurant when I realized that chicken actually is supposed to be like a golden brown, not black. I'm not kidding you. It was like, I'm not kidding you. We would cut the chicken, it would like fall apart. Not in a good way, but in a disintegration way. Are you with me? And so, I, but I, I decided, you know, I'm going to learn to grill. And I started looking and researching some things. And this is before YouTube, so I had to like read a few books and stuff. I want to learn how to grill and how you, so I can grill pretty good. Not on this day. On this day, I, uh, I went out and put these things on the grill. And I'm going to tell you what, you guys. I don't know what happened. Maybe that streak of my dad in me rose up. I didn't have any beer, which is so... But I was, I was grilling, and man, those hamburgers look so good. I mean, they look so good. I'm going to tell you a little secret, okay? If my son doesn't finish his hamburger, they aren't good. All right, I'm just going to tell you right now. And so I looked over on his plate, and I was like, hey, son, you don't like the hamburger? And he said, no, no, I just wasn't really hungry. All right? And I was like, okay. Uh, never said that before, so uh, something's got to be up. You're a teenage boy. Of course you're hungry. You're always hungry. So I took a bite of my hamburger, and it's, I soon realized uh, his conundrum because it was really, really bad, really dry, no flavor. It looked good. The outside looked good, but once you took a little bite of it, it was like, ugh. So I decided to test it on Wendy when she got home. I think she may have been at the Bible study. I'm not sure where she was when she came home, and I was like, hey, you got two hamburgers left. Um, and you can have one. And so I said, yeah, you can go ahead and taste some. And so she took a bite, and that was pretty much it. I said, hey, you don't like the hamburger? She goes, eh, it's kind of dry, and there's no flavor. I said, I know. I don't know what happened. It kind of stinks. That's what happens sometimes. Here's the deal, you guys. Let me tell you something. Sometimes, sometimes, you look like everything's good on the outside, but you know, there's no flavor to your life. There's no flavor. You know what that is? You know what Scripture says when it means there's flavor to your life? You know, people want to be around you. They want they, they want to have what you have. There's flavor. There's value. They can see goodness. They can see holiness, and they're drawn to you. And you influence them whenever you have those things. Jeremy Whitaker right here, and I didn't ask if I can say this, because I'll say it anyway. Jeremy, Jeremy has more influence. On, I'm not going to lie to you guys. Jeremy was in full-time ministry and decided to go, and go, go part-time in ministry and to go back and teach because he has more influence over the students and the teachers around him in his public school that he teaches at. Huge, huge influence. Huge influence. Big time. Big time influence. Why is that? Well, because his life's full of salt. It's good, man. It's a, it's a goodness. And it's a, yeah, he, there's, a, there's a peace that people want, and they see that. And that's the same way it should be with us. I contemplated whether to tell this story or not, but I'm going to tell it anyway. I was in the potty the other day, all right? I was in the potty the other day, getting ready to leave the potty. I don't know if you guys have been to the potty at Walmart Peachtree City. The potty in Walmart at Peachtree City has two stalls, and it's about this size. I kid you not. It is a massive, you could play football in the potty, all right, at Peachtree City. It's the one in the back by the layaway. It is massive. I'm not kidding you a bit. And so I don't know why they wasted all that space. They should have put in more potties, but they didn't. So I was getting ready to, to leave. And I set my cell phone right there on the counter and start washing my hands, and the lights go out. And I'm like, 
And let me just say something. When the lights go out at the, in the potty at Peachtree City Walmart, it all stops, all right? Life stops. I have in my mind going, okay, I'm getting ready to get stabbed by something. Someone you know, apparently thinks I have money, which I don't, but someone thinks I do. And suddenly, something occurred to me. Wait a minute. I've got a cell phone, and it's got a flashlight. And I took that cell phone, and I hit that button, and just the screen alone lit up, and it almost lit up the whole bathroom. I was like, wow, that's a powerful screen. No, that's not what it is. You know what it is? All it takes is a little bit of light to pierce the darkness. That's all it takes. All it takes is a little bit. All it takes is just a little touch of light to pierce the darkness. I'm not asking you to go stand on a street corner and yell about how people are going to hail. I'm not asking you to do that. As a matter of fact, if you do that, don't wear a real church shirt. Please. I'm not asking you to do that. What I am telling you is, is that you should be influencing other people for Christ. And I'm not just talking about those in your immediate family. Who are you influencing? Who is it that you can influence by having compassion on people, by showing love and empathy and respect? Who is it that you can influence? That's exactly what Zerubbabel did. That's what Joshua did. It's what Ezra did. We're going to see it's what Nehemiah did. We're going to go all the way down the list and see it's what Jesus did what massive influence you can have. And don't ever forget the example I gave you. All it takes is one rock thrown in the water, and those ripples go out, all the way out. How you live your life influences other people, positive or negative, and you have to choose. Who is it that you're influencing? You need to be intentional about it, too. Intentionally influence other people. Walk in with a plan. This person at work is on my radar. I'm going to start praying for them. I'm going to look for opportunities for them. I'm going to love them and respect them, and I'm going to show them who Jesus is. This is the final thing I want you to hear. And here's the final question. Am I making a difference? Am I making a difference? You see, these guys that went back to build this temple, they were making a difference. Ezra, as we're going to see later on for next week, they made a huge difference. People's lives were changed because of what they did. My question to you is, is am I making a difference Am I making a difference in society? Am I making a difference around people who I love and care about? Am I making a difference? I've told you this before. Listen, don't make people lie at your funeral. Don't do that. Don't make people have to talk to the preacher. I've been there and done that. Don't make people have to talk to the preacher and make up stuff about you that aren't true. Oh, they were a good person. Have you guys ever been to a funeral where they just said, no, he was kind of a butthead. You ever, been, you ever heard that? You ain't ever going to hear that. Most of the time, you're not going to hear that. They're going to say all these things. Listen, don't make them lie at your funeral. Let them be honest about it, who you were, the people you influenced. Seriously, make a difference in people's lives. I love what Martin Luther King, there's two quotes from Martin Luther King that I absolutely love. He says this, everybody and anybody can be great. Anybody can be great because anybody can serve. You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't have to make your, uh, make your subject and verb agree to serve. Thank God that's the case. You only need a heart full of grace and a soul generated by love. I love that. Anybody can be great because anybody can serve. He also said this, and I love this too, and I ask myself this all the time. 
Life's most persistent and urgent question is, what are you doing for others? What is it that you are doing for others? Question. Do you realize, do you realize the, the cure for a lot of things that ail you? Do you realize the cure for loneliness? Do you realize the cure for bitterness? Do you realize the cure for anger? Do you realize the cure for fear? Do you realize the cure for worry? The cure for depression? Do you realize those, those, you you know what that cure is? It is a heart that's filled up with Jesus that is so full that it's overflowing onto other people. I've seen people who are bitter and angry, who have gone on mission trips and have become different people because of the things that they saw and the people that they encountered. It's an amazing thing, you guys, what happens whenever we decide that we're going to make a difference. And because when you decide you're going to make a difference, you're putting yourself on the back burner and you're, and you're literally allowing God to work through you. You ever wondered why people come off mission trips glowing? You ever wonder why they say stuff like, man, I went on the mission trip to help people, but I'm the one that got helped. I'm the one that got taught. I'm the one that had, I'm the one. It was me. Those children that came up and ran to me, it was me. Why? Because you knew you were making a difference. That's why. Why do you have to go overseas to do that? Why do you have to make some special thing to do that? If you want to do that, that's fantastic. If you want to go to Haiti, that's great. I love going to Haiti too. Samantha just got back from Nicaragua. She's on a cloud nine. If you want to do those things, that's fantastic. But can I tell you something? What's more important is what you do the other 51 weeks a year. What's more important is what you do at your house and in your school, teenagers, and, and what you do at your work and how you treat the person at Walmart and Kroger. That's what's more important. And that's exactly what the people that we're looking at so far to begin again, that's exactly what they got. So the questions I want you to contemplate is this. Do I trust God? Who am I influencing? And am I making a difference? I want you all to make a difference for Christ. I really do. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your word. And thank you for the fact that you love us enough to come down and to oversee our lives if we will allow you to. Let us be people that trust you. And let us be people who will who will literally open our hearts up and open our lives up and just surrender to you. And that's my prayer today for the people here, that they will surrender to your will. Let us be people that make a difference. Let us be people that influence other people. And let us be people that truly, truly trust God. And as we do that, God, I just I just want to thank you. I want to tell you we will give you the glory and the honor and praise in jesus name amen thank you for listening to the podcast of real church coweta if you have any questions or if you would like to contact us at real church please go to our website at www.realchurchcoweta.com and click on the contact us tab we invite you to join us on sunday at 11 15 a.m at the worship center on the campus of central christian school in sharpsburg Also, check out our website or Facebook page for directions. Until next time, God bless, and remember to love God, love others, 
and live real. Live real.